Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Imagine beating you, I do I tweet about you day and night I wanna fight, I make fun of the things you love It's just for spite, so angry on Twitter It's such a power trip to shame and slime And treat a stupid silly joke like it's a crime Imagine that society waste half their time So angry on Twitter I believe that together we can make America great again. Oh, girl. Here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Pound for pound, probably the best podcast in the world, and that's significant. Those are a lot of pounds. Coming off a Thanksgiving eating binge. That was a thinly veiled cry for help by this fella. Uh, It's the Everybody Calm Down podcast, hosted by yourself, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, head writer for the Kennedy program on Fox Business. You can watch us Monday through Thursday at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. You can also listen to me all this week on Fox Across America, Fox News Radio. Uh, you can call into that show. It's, it runs noon to 3. You can be a part of it at 888-788-9910. We'd love to have you. Uh, this, of course, if you're joining us for the first time, and chances are you are because nobody listens to this twice, uh, this is an apolitical podcast. We don't care if you're Republican. We don't care if you're Democrat. Uh, We don't want more Republicans. We don't want more Democrats. We just want less assholes. That's all we want. That's what America needs right now. Uh, We don't need more political squabbles. We need people to take their foot off the gas a little bit. Recognize just how fortunate they are to be living here in the greatest country in the world in the greatest time there's ever been to be here. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. But we're not going to talk politics, period, today. Normally we come here and it's like a safe space for cool people who want to share their political views. So, like, I'll hear out a Democrat and, you know, a guy like Antoine Seawright or Jessica Tarloff. And, and they'll be cool and hear me out and we'll have a nice time. And we'll demonstrate to you, the listener, that what unites us is so much greater than what divides us. But today is not one of those days. I have so much politics to talk on the radio So much politics to get into on cable news tonight on Kennedy that we're going to talk movies today uh, because Dean Imperial is in the house. He is today's guest. He is the son of a magician. Imperial the magician was his dad's name, the late great Bill Imperial, uh, which, of course, hits home for me. My dad was a magician. Uh, He made himself disappear when I was 19 years old. (laughs) He did. There he went. Just pow and he was gone. But we're going to discuss the Irishman today because not only is Dean a decorated member of the Writers Guild, 
Uh, but I myself, over the Thanksgiving break, with the great Jenny Fela and her father Dave, uh, I devoted eight hours and 52 minutes of my life to watching this film. It's actually like four hours long. Like legitimately, in the time I spent watching The Irishman, I could have flown to Ireland and met an Irishman. It was like that long. And I have some issues with that. Uh, so we're going to get into them with Dean when he joins us here shortly on the Mictor's Voice Line. I just wanted to hope uh, and wish all of you a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend before we did that. I hope you guys had a great time. I hope you downloaded the Thanksgiving Spectacular with Jenny Fela, who did a bang-up job hosting Thanksgiving at our house this year. It was her first major of all the holidays in the Fela family, Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, the Super Bowl, and Easter. Those are all the majors in our house. And uh, Jenny hosted her first major. She won her first major. She won the Masters. She's going to get a green jacket, as Kennedy said the other night. Uh, so congrats to her. Congrats to you if on surviving Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, if you're listening to this, I guess you didn't get beaten up in Black Friday. Or if you did, I hope you're enjoying the new device you got beat for so you could listen to the show. Uh, Fela family went hard Thanksgiving. 30 people showed up to Fox News to watch the parade. I came in big entourage. Like I was a rapper. <laughs> like a like fat like fat Jim it was fat Jim. I showed up with my family full of eaters. We ate our way through Manhattan City, quadrupled the hot pretzel output in Times Square. Those guys probably taking the day off this weekend because after uh, seeing thirty failers walk into Times Square hungry, if you were selling nuts and pretzels on Thanksgiving morning, you made some money. You made some big money. My family eats for the cycle every day, so that was big. Uh, we all got to watch the parade. Lincoln got to meet uh, the NFL Sunday crew. Howie, Howie Long, Terry Bradshaw, Michael Strahan, Jimmy Johnson. Very cool guys. If we had more time on the show today, I would tell you a story. I almost worked for Fox NFL Sunday uh, a year ago. Uh, I wound up staying with Kennedy instead because it's the best show in cable news, at least the best written show in cable news. But we had a great time on the show. Uh, we had a great time uh, on Thanksgiving. And um, I can still breathe, which is exciting. This time last Thanksgiving, I had gotten so fat, I was out of breath reading. You know that kind of fat? You're like, you're like actually, you've eaten to such a place of self-disgust. You're calling yourself angry, bitter names. And then within 20 minutes of that, you're eating again. <laughs> That's pretty much my Thanksgiving every year. But I survived it. I'm here. And so is Dean Imperial. And he joins us next on the Mictor's Voice Line to discuss a film I have some issues with. I liked it. There's a lot of hype surrounding it. People are pumped up about it. It was a big, uh, big, bad Netflix release, made it into theaters on Wednesday, and uh, people like The Irishman. I I'm one of them, but I don't like it as, as much as everybody else, and I will tell you why when we come back on Everybody Calm Down. There it is. Playing a patriotic jam today because I am as pro-America as I'll ever be following a glorious Thanksgiving weekend, which I ate within an inch of my life. 
two inches past my waistline. Uh, it's a disturbing pattern I go through. It's a vicious cycle. Uh, and people will say this all the time. They're like, you know, Jimmy, you look like, you know, you look good. You, you look like you lost 20 pounds. Or they'll say, like, Jimmy, you look like you gained 54 pounds. One way or the other, that is usually a byproduct of my hanging out with this next guest, uh, a decorated Netflix writer, and my black ops pig out pal, Dean Imperial, joins us yeah. on the Mictor's Voice Line. What's up, man? What's up, man? Hey, girl. Hey, girl, what's hey going girl, on? Hey, girl, what's going on? Nobody knows this. <laughs> I try to explain this to people. Some people I work with at Fox know this. I mean, you are certainly yeah. Tess knows this, your lovely girlfriend, and Jenny Phelan, my lovely wife. But we, for whatever reason, for as long as we've known each other, have always enabled each other's worst emotional eating. Good and bad. Yeah. Good and bad. I don't want to just dump it on you that, you know, we're fat all the time because we've also had those extreme diets. Do you remember the, sm yeah. remember the smoothie diet we went on, like the two Jamba Juices a day? I remember the Jamba Juices. I remember the milk diet, that which is, was the most insane diet, I think, <laughs> of, of all of them. The two glasses of milk a day. I mean, that was, I, I don't know if you remember that. Oh. <laughs> the Does a Body Good diet. <laughs> I remember. I heard this is about 07, 08. We're running around Times Square with a movie camera in our hands, pretending we're making a movie. Or at least we thought we were making a movie anyway. We didn't know right. we were pretending at the time. Uh, and we were drinking like two glasses was it whole milk what was it was it like i mean the point is no it was skim <laughs> it was skim and we were you know why this was to counterbalance that we were eating uh sarge a full meal of sarges like uh -huh. a full decked out meal of sarges and then pizza like mm -hmm. six hours later oh yeah so we've this is what happened every it's a yin and a yang thing people should know this Every one of our extreme diets, whether it's whether it's dieting or it's letting ourselves go, it's always yeah. the end result of an extreme one way or the other. So to give you an example yes. for the listeners, the milk diet was a response to us eating, I would say, legitimately 12 to 15,000 calories a day. We'd go on yeah. like this. Legit. I'm not making it up. <laughs> legit. We no, would go. Legit. Let me just bring this up for the listeners so they understand. We'd go to the best yes. deli in New York City. It was called Sarge's. And it's a, it's a deli on 3rd Avenue. And we would eat. Um, legitimately, uh, an order of potato pancakes, um, an order of beef Wellington, which is a puff pastry stuffed with, it's called deli meat. Not They don't tell yeah. you what kind. We famously asked the waitress, like, what's in it? She's like, deli meat. And we're like, what's deli meat? She's like, it's deli meat. So it's essentially like the scrapple that they've ground yeah. out of every uneaten, eat, uneaten meat in the, uh, in the premises exactly. and put into a pastry. We would then yeah. eat. Uh, an order of fried creplock, which is like a Chinese wonton filled with like pastrami, correct? Or, or some yeah. type of deli meat. Yeah, deli meat. And then we would have open-faced, uh, excuse me, closed pastrami closed. Rubens, closed pastrami Rubens, usually with an order of onion rings or french fries. I'm not yep. exaggerating. And then we would have, for dessert, it's called a double slice, where we would go up. I'm not kidding. What the hell did you just say? I'm not even making this up. We would go up to the double counter. Slice. We would go up to the cake the cake counter in the, in the place yeah. like they do at a brothel when they parade all the women down the stairs and the sailors, and the sailors, yeah, the sailors pick out which girl they want to carton yes. off with. Well, we yeah. would do that. You'd be like, oh, you know, banana cream. Could you turn around for me, girl? And the banana cream yeah, would do like yeah, a little yeah. twirl. And then I'd go in on the pecan and we would get a double slice. Always, always a la mode, by the way. Always, so, always. Always. So if you're keeping score at home, order of potato pancakes, order of beef Wellingtons, which are massive pastries, by the way, like giant calzones full of meat. Order of yep. crepe locks, two sandwiches, either French fries or onion rings and a double slice of dessert. And we would usually, 
within two hours of eating that, go have pizza. I'm not even making that up. I mean, just straight animals. So when the milk diet happened, it was the end result of one of those binges where we ate like that every day for two weeks. And we were like, I need to lose like 12 pounds in five minutes. So we would come up with these things where we were going to do like two of them a day. Uh, And it was basically four of them a day because you'd do two of the things and then you'd do two more hours of in the bathroom as a result of those things. The milk diet. I mean, the most famous one of all was the Jamba Juice diet where I was drinking a Jamba Juice peanut butter mood twice a day. Oh, um, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Thinking it was big protein, big health, you know, peanut butter's got the good fat. That that in its own right was 1,100 calories. Yeah, well, that's what it was. It was was 300 grams of fat, (laughs) like 1,500 calories for the small. They didn't even post the nutritional information for the large, but we were slamming two of them a day. And if you remember, because I was jogging like five miles a day at the time, and Jenny called me up and she's like, yo, have you been reading this Jamba Juice thing? And I was like, no, don't you dare, Jenny Fela, don't you dare. Because I was running five miles a day and I gained like 12 pounds in a month and yeah uh, yeah, it turns out the peanut butter mood we were drinking 500 grams of fat a day (laughs) you are so dumb you are really dumb for real we are in the land of health and diet we're blind men begging for change (laughs) we've never we've never we've never had a chance well well, you know what what happened the other day is someone said to me at fox now i was wearing black it's that time of year where the champ knows how to thin out his face yeah, so, sure. you, you know what I've been doing? My ultimate face thinning move. I went uh, busy sport coat, solid turtleneck. And oh, uh, oh God, like black turtleneck. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, girl. Ooh, black. Because you know what the black turtleneck does from any angle you look at it in. Everybody's neck looks thin. Yes, it's a nice it long and you don't fold the turtleneck because that that showcases no. like the girth of your neck. You no, go, it goes right up under your chin. Yeah, and you let it bunch up. Almost right Elizabethan. Up yeah. <laughs> you bunch it up. It's Elizabethan. And uh, <laughs> face looks great. But somebody said to me the other day, like, yeah, I was actually on our team. Vic was like, man, you almost look skinny, man. I'm like, uh, yeah, there's a thing going on. And then two minutes later, he's like, yeah, how's Dean? You haven't said anything about Dean lately. I was like, well, it's funny you mentioned skinny and not talking to Dean lately. But uh, <laughs> there's no. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so true. You know. Because it's not even, because it's almost at this point it's almost like um i don't know if it's physiological i don't even think we have to be eating for it to be affecting us in some way physically if we're hanging out no it's <laughs> the corsican brothers or something yeah that old cheech and chong movie but it is right. it is true like uh when i'm on, when i'm on my own i'm like the oj simpson who's running through the airport and when yeah. i'm with you i'm like the oj simpson who's running down the freeway without cowling's riding <laughs> driving the car <laughs> <laughs> but it's but but instead of holding a knife, OJ's holding a pie spatula and he's in the back of the truck. <laughs> I didn't eat it. I didn't eat the bitch. You know? It's crazy. So funny stuff. Happy Thanksgiving. How did you do? Did you survive? Did you eat like a wild man? What went on? Yeah, you know what's funny? I just didn't eat that like a wild man the way I usually do. Um, not there at Thanksgiving. It always happens around the periphery of Thanksgiving for me. Like somehow it's like, you know why? Because there's something you're eating with other people and other people are kind of eating reasonably. Like you make a plate, maybe you have a little more after and you don't make as much of a show of yourself. But then when I get home, I, I'll go, I'll stop over at 7-Eleven and I'll just clear the place out. 7-Eleven really is like a fat man's red light district. Yes. Where like anything goes. The way Amsterdam is described to me. Because the potential yeah. for disaster is so great between like the hot dogs and the weird pizzas and then all the candy oh, and the yeah. bullshit you can get. 
And I mean, yeah, it's like a married guy. 7-Eleven is my red light district. Like that's where I, I would go to like truly sin. And yeah. uh, but but I want to say this. There is something you you mentioned about when you're at Thanksgiving. I'm the yeah. same way. I don't eat as much, first of all, because there's like conversations to be had. And it right. kind of slows your roll a little bit. Yeah, and there's a lot of eyes on you. <laughs> Even if they're familiar and comfortable and family and as good as you get, it's still a lot of eyes. <laughs> I, you see, I'm 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 blessed in the fact that um, you know I come from a long history of like Kobayashi's, like Joey. I got I'm surrounded by Joey Chestnuts, where there's <laughs> nobody's eyes ever look up from the plate in my house. So <laughs> right. I'm not self conscious so much about that. It's just that the totality of like offerings at Thanksgiving actually yeah. fills me out just by eating right. it through the course, you know. Mm -hmm. And it does. It wipes me out. But I got to that place on Thanksgiving night. Where I was, you know, when you're just like that disgusted that you're actually mad at yourself, like you're you're not yeah. at, not mad and like, oh, I shouldn't have had so much, but, but like literally on the couch, like really, you fucking animal, really, Jim, you fucking, are you kidding me? And like yeah, yelling at it's myself, like, I, I become Philip Seymour Hoffman and Boogie Nights. <laughs> like, really, it's so stupid, so stupid. <laughs> with, with with my stomach had it hanging out of the t-shirt, <laughs> like, so stupid. <laughs> Dirk, Dirk, can I kiss you on the pecan pie? Can I just have a piece of pecan pie? Scotty! Scotty, what are you doing? Scotty, no! Scotty! It's so true. I'm such a piece of shit. I'm such a piece of shit. That's me. And that's me. And then, and then I go and eat more, though, like a half hour later, because you get that second wind, and you're like, yeah. yeah. And it's really, it's disgusting. So I'm not proud. But I'm, I'm glad you made. I'm glad you made it through it alive. I made it through. I was docile enough, thanks to this wild free, uh, feeding binge, to sit through the Irishman uh, as uh, at your recommendation. Um, yeah. I, I want to start here. By the way, I said this okay. earlier. Um, it's a very long movie. Like yeah. in the amount of time it took me to watch the Irishman, I could have flown to Dublin and met an Irishman. Can we just start there? <laughs> Can we just start there? Because it was like three forty-five, and I don't. Um, it's it's a very good movie, but I don't think anything has to be three forty-five. Yeah, but it's here's the thing. It's on Netflix. I mean, it it was made to be on Netflix. It's different. Like Godfather Part Two is three hours and thirty minutes, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And for me, like a movie like that, I mean, it, it all depends on what your taste is. Mm -hmm. Like I went and saw this at the New York Film Festival. I saw The Irishman. I wasn't bored for a second. No, However, mm -hmm. at the very end, I said to myself, that was three hours and 30 minutes. I didn't check my watch, which is always the test. Mm -hmm. But I, it was three hours and 30 minutes. But I was very caught up in the story because I was very much feeling what Robert De Niro's struggle was. And I saw it inevitably happening. So it was very engaging to me. However – what happens is the physical part of being a human being uh -huh. starts colliding with the three and a half hour runtime. <laughs> because if you have to use the bathroom, right. it becomes a problem and pulls you away from the movie. And that's where I think the most difficult thing is for a three, three and a half hour movie. But mm -hmm. with Netflix, you can always stop it and use the bathroom or you could even come back to it later. Movie yeah. Like that, I think. Well, listen, I, I really like the way they wrapped the story up into like the modern day, the road trip into yeah. the modern day. He's telling the story in an old folks home into yes. the flashback in time. And you follow the story in like three different, you're following basically one character at three different points in his life. 
Yeah, and, uh, layered storytelling. Absolutely. Real, yeah, and it's really well done, especially when they get to the big event, so to speak. Um, yeah. It's really well done. That being yeah. said, because I liked it a lot, um, I found it, I, my take on it is that it's the movie Rocky Balboa. Do you know the Rocky that came out like three years oh, ago? yeah. It's very much uh-huh. Rocky Balboa in that they took all of the elements of Scorsese films you liked because you are rooting for them and the performances are great, just the same as Sylvester Stallone's are. It's almost yeah. like you you like the movie better than you maybe you should just because of how much of a thirst you have for this particular content that you haven't had in so long. And the reason I say that is because like I like the De Niro struggle too, but there wasn't like um you know, Goodfellas is obviously it's really funny. It's really dark, and there's a lot of discovery. Um, there wasn't really a. I don't know. I don't know that I was rooting for anybody in this movie. Like you know, Sharon Stone and Casino would be a good example of just such like a blow the screen wide open. I don't know yeah. who was blowing the screen open, but I liked it. I did like it. But did you feel like there was more of a? I don't know. Did you find that there was more nostalgia for liking this than there was liking it, or did you just like it? No, I, 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 I actually, I actually. I actually didn't think so. I do see your point, though. I uh-huh. get how I get how one could say that. Um, but but I actually because I was very interested in the history and the story, mm-hmm. um, and it happened to be with these guys, yeah. these actors who I love, and I did not expect Goodfellas because the writer was different. Uh-huh. Steven Zalian, who wrote uh, the screenplay for. Um, Schindler's List mm-hmm. and and um, is, is a terrific writer. So he took the he adapted the book. Uh, I heard you paint houses. Uh-huh. Um, and I think because it's another writer, if I were that writer, I would also be kind of doing my version of what I imagine a Scorsese film would be. Uh-huh. And I found that that gave it like a greatest hits kind of feeling in some scenes mm-hmm. where I felt like he was creating like these moments that were pseudo Goodfellas. Yeah. But for me, the performances in the story pulled me along enough that I was I was really truly engrossed in the story, and I just looked at it as a different kind of Scorsese film. They're mm-hmm. older, um, you know. It's a different tone. It's a different part of history. It's a different kind of mafia. Uh-huh. Um, it was just different for me. It was just a it was just a different feeling. Like now, do I prefer something like Raging Bull or Goodfellas? Yeah, of course, mm-hmm. you know. But I have watched this movie now three times. Wow. Get a life like since four times all together. I keep it on in the background and I find, well, but I'm, I'm also kidding. A, you know, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, no, I, no, 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 no. I should get, I don't know. No, you're right. Actually, <laughs> I'm not, I'm actually not disagreeing with you. <laughs> I should get a life, but, um, but I'm a film, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I, get I, it. I, I like watching how the scenes are made. So, well, you know, I'm, talking about scenes, my, uh, I'd say my, my two favorite people in the movie, uh, I, I love Joe Pesci and everything, but he's so good in this. I love the th- yeah. thinner-faced young Joe Pesci, you know. Yes. Wise guy Joe Pesci. Uh, it's a Russell Buffalino. Uh, yeah. Really, fa- really fantastic. Um, and Sebastian Maniscalco is great. Amazing, right? <laughs> he's great. <laughs> we're brothers, right? Yeah, brothers. He's great. It's so funny that he's playing like crazy Joe Gallo, which it's, is such a I funny know. character, and it's so good for who he is. Yes. And what was really funny about it is he can only be Sebastian Maniscalco. He's like such a character. It's like Seinfeld. You know, Seinfeld can only play Seinfeld. So it's not a knock on him. It is just it's the it's what he is. And but but Sebastian Maniscalco's like walk around persona with his little like, hey, 
eight. You know what I mean? Yes. Is yes. so perfect for that role <laughs> that like they deserve and he deserves all the credit in the world for making that a thing. Because it's yeah. really perfect. It is perfect. And yeah. it's not in a film long, unfortunately. It's, you know, three-hour, 40-minute film. It's only five minutes of the film. But it's a yeah. good five minutes of the film. It's a great five minutes of the film, yeah. Scorsese, this is this is a testament to Scorsese, who knew to cast that guy in uh -huh. that role. Uh -huh. Because Scorsese's instinct, he, he casts a lot of comedians yep. in supporting roles, often. Mm -hmm. Because he knows that they're going to bring something interesting to a smaller part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's, you know, uh, yeah, and he pop. yeah, and he definitely did that. He definitely did yeah. that. And it was funny because there's a scene, uh, obviously, in Umberto's. I don't want to spoil the movie for everybody, but there's a little bit of violence in the restaurant Umberto's, which is a place we frequented a lot in Little oh, Italy yeah. back in yep. our night owl days. And uh, it really brought something back full circle for me. Do you remember we were once in Umberto's? Uh, there was a group of young men who oh, yeah. uh, were a particularly difficult table. Uh, yeah. They left change as a tip for the waiter. Yep. And if you remember, the waiter followed them to the front door and goes, you dropped something and handed him back the change. And then he goes, he threw it at I them. threw it at him and he goes, you're animals. I knew you were <laughs> yes. animals when you walked yes. in. Oh, my God. So y'all need to have your kids, uh, yeah. have your wife. It was a classic Umberto's moment. It was. Where, but he, where if, you were a if you were a tourist, you would be getting your full dollars worth <laughs> what Umberto's, the potential of what Umberto's can be. Yes. It's like three in the morning and he's like, you're animals. I knew you were animals yeah. when you walked you're in. Animals. I knew you was animals when you walked in. He, threw, he threw the change at them. But then like I, at the time, was like, wow, this is like so off the handle. I'm like, how can you run a restaurant and behave like this? But having yeah. watched the movie, you realize that's a scaled back version of what a lot of people have seen in Umberto's, given the amount oh, of like yeah. death and killing and fights and everything like that. A guy, that guy that did that, that uh, guy that threw that change was probably there that, that night as a busboy oh, in his like late teens. I didn't even think about that, but he <laughs> so, was. He, he, he was. Care. He definitely was because he he was a lifer. He was. He worked the only. He worked the night shift every night of the week. Oh, hell yeah! He waited the whole restaurant and ran yep. the show. He knew everybody who came in, every wise guy, every mobster, every teamster, and that's yep. probably why he could run such a no nonsense thing. Because like when he, you think about this, it's like probably I don't know two thousand one, two thousand two. And we're a very boozed up, substance filled, two fat guys eating like linguine with red clam sauce at three in the morning. Do you remember we used to do that? Yeah. I used to go oh, there yeah. and eat shellfish paella or whatever the hell it was over pasta. Yes. Oh, it was a risotto. It was a seafood risotto is what it was. Seafood risotto. At right. three in the morning. It's like me, you yeah. and Dan Vitale, the V-man. And yep. uh, that guy could probably afford to throw people around and curse at him because God knows who was sitting at the tables around us. You know, exactly. Yeah, they look like fam they look like friendly, you know, Italian family stuff like that. But everybody in there except us probably had a heater on them or something like that. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Umberto's doesn't mess around. So that scene for me was a really funny scene. And there was a lot of fun scenes where because, you know, the road trip in the movie goes across Route 80 to Ohio. Then they go up Route 75 to Toledo and into Detroit. Yes. And like that's the route I was watching the movie with Jenny and her father. That's the route we take to Jenny's house. 
Oh, that's so funny. So it was, oh, wow. Yeah, it was like we were tracing a Scorsese mob movie on a ride to Jenny's house. And <laughs> yeah, like when they wind up in Port Clinton and he has to fly out of Port Clinton into Detroit. Like we've all been to Port Clinton like a thousand times. Oh, that's like, so wow. Funny. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's hilarious. It's like if you ever have that moment as a kid where you see your house out of a plane or out of a school bus. Oh, and you're like, yeah, Whoa, yeah. we had that yeah, go on. No, so totally. I, I loved Pesci. I loved Sebastian. Great, 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 great. The De Niro characters, obviously, it's fantastic. And um, the Pacino, did Pacino play Hoffa in the movie Hoffa? No, Dickelson played Hoffa. That's who it was. All right, that's what I was distracted by because I got in my head when they run into the David Ferry character in that brief scene. I know. who He was obviously played by Joe Pesci in JFK. He was our favorite character of all time. Of all time. But but it was was great. Go ahead. No, Joe Pesci, I'll tell you what's brilliant about Joe Pesci's performance is that you forget – that he's you you almost forget he's so cold and calculating mm-hmm. and he so has a sweet quality to him mm-hmm. but no at at the core of it and it's and it's played out and the daughter mm-hmm. looks at him and sees that he's he's not a good i mean he's a he's he's a cold-blooded killer mm-hmm. but he's sweet the whole time yeah like when he says we did everything we could for the man i'm yeah. just talking about killing a guy <laughs> and you forget like like but but you think about it like it all he makes it all sound so reasonable i mean it really is a, a, a richly textured brilliant performance the more i look at it the more impressed i am i'm actually uh, gonna go i'm gonna actually gonna it. go i'm gonna go watch it again just so i can get out of banging jenny today I'm going to go <laughs> get a free couple hours. Babe, I got to watch this for work. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I can with her. It's like, you're, it's like you're getting sexed into a Latino street gang. You know, sometimes, sometimes I just don't want to go to work with bruises on. I'm like, Jenny, I'm right. wearing, I'm wearing turtlenecks for the love of God. Can you slow your roll? That's, that's why you're wearing a turtleneck. <laughs> you see what you've reduced me to? Oh, yeah. it's crazy. But uh, I, I, it actually like, the more I talk to you about it, the more I want to go watch it again. Cause yeah, he's great. You know, it's great, great. Um, Harvey Keitel is so great. I, he's great as Angelo Bruno. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. I love the scene when he's leveling with uh, De Niro and he's like, <laughs> you don't know, you don't know what a good friend you got. And he goes, yeah. no, I believe me. I know. He goes, no, you don't know. Yeah. There's some good scenes. I like the little guy too. Tony pro. Uh, yeah. Played by, uh, Steven Graham. I love that scene where they're arguing about how late you can be. Yeah, and he shows up to the meeting and in shorts. Goes 12, Dino goes, there's one guy saying 10 minutes, the other guy saying 15 minutes, and Dino goes, how about 12 and a half? And the other, the, the heavy guy over there goes, yeah, 12 and a half, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing you know, they're all fist fighting on the ground. <laughs> they're, all, they're all on the ground fist fighting, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. it was great. It was actually, it really was as we talk about it. It is really good, uh, and the storytelling is excellent. Um, the best thing it has going for me in my eyes, which I didn't know this, but do you know to make this movie, uh, Scorsese backed out of a film he was contracted to make uh, called The Winter of Frankie Machine with our oh, yeah. with our pal Brian Koppelman. And I didn't That's know right. that, um, but Koppelman was writing about it on Instagram the other day, talking uh, about how he loves Scorsese and he would never say a bad word because he's just such an artist and he just respects him too much. But apparently he was on the hook to make Frankie Machine. And yeah. uh, he just broke out because the the stars aligned to make this film. And um, yeah. I got to be honest with you, uh, Frankie Machine um, is mad as I get a compliment from time to time because he gets mad at me for working at Fox. But obviously, we're great friends. Yeah. Uh, I I loved their Frankie Machine script. They let us read that like, oh, five, like I, maybe ten it's, years ago. It's excellent. It's it, excellent. It was a great great script, and I almost it's excellent. I I I don't know. 
I dare I say it might have been better than this, and this was a good movie. But I, 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 I've got to put the heat on them and see if they can get Scorsese to make that because I actually wanted that movie made. It was De Niro is a retired. That movie's never been made. Yeah, that movie should be made. That's it's 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 I, I don't. That's such a good script. And De Niro is like a retired uh, hitman who's running like a bait and tackle shop out in California. Yeah. And it's one of those where he realizes somebody's trying to kill him because some of the old shenanigans he had pulled back in the day. One of the people yeah. he had handled something for is now running for president. And they realize yeah. they've got to wipe the slate clean of anyone who knew about their misgivings. It's, it's basically based on a novel, right? Yeah, called The Winter of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> it's, it's like I'm thinking back now on that screenplay and I'm like, yeah, you should call the screenplay Epstein didn't kill himself and everyone would go see it because that's pretty much all it was. But yeah, but, totally. but the Irishman, Dean Imperial, everyone should go see the Irishman. Strong recommend yes. from you. Strong, a strong recommend for me. Gets better with every viewing. That's what I think. Wow. How about that? That is that is high praise. Well, it is a Monday, and I know you've got to go get your life together. You've got to figure out, what is your diet for the week? Do you have a diet? What is the diet for this week? Um, post, no. Post, we'll see how the day goes. My post-Thanksgiving diet, especially on a Monday, because I have radio and Kennedy, and I've, I've got to go ho host this uh, self-help group, the New York Giants podcast that I do. Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> It really did start out as like a sports project, but it's quickly devolved into just a kiss and cry room for battered football yeah. fans who can't get anything right. Um, <laughs> but I my week, this is the thing, because my schedule is very regimented during the week. Yeah. I eat like like a saint. Like I really eat well Monday through Thursday. The problem yeah. has been Friday because I'm exhausted mm -hmm. and I don't have any actual ambition by the time I get home from the city. And it's yeah. that ambition is what keeps me eating healthy and lifting weights. But when I lose it because I'm exhausted, I've had some bad Fridays. Last Friday, um, the one before Thanksgiving, before Black yeah. Friday, I had an actual jar of Nutella and an actual jar of Planters peanuts. And I was just oh. dumping them in a bowl together and eating them with a oh. spoon. And oh just, my God, just because, incredible. and I'm only mentioning the spoon because there's people listening. To be honest with you, I don't know that there was a spoon <laughs> after like the third handful. It was oh. disgusting, but it was the no best spoon, thing I've ever no eaten. No, no hands either. No, just, like, a, uh, <laughs> like a dog leaning over a bowl. On the floor. Be proud, pal, because you know what I was doing before I ate that Nutella and eating the peanuts? I was yeah. hanging out with you. So there you go. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that game show we were playing, yeah, that was the board game edition I took home. You know what a you know what a dog is chasing the ball across the room? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> they can't get they can't those last licks, they can't get enough of those last <laughs> licks. So they're like they're pushing the ball across the room. That's the type of thing we do. <laughs> I was hitting the Nutella thing with my nose. I had knocked it upside down at one point and I couldn't figure out how to get yes. it back standing up. Yeah, yeah. This is what you've reduced me to, you animal. Have a good week, man. Maybe I'll see you Keep Friday. Too, Take it easy. There he goes. Dean Imperial, everybody. So much fun. Gonna wrap it up here in a second with a quick showbiz story, and then we'll be on our way to Fat Camp when we come back on Everybody Calm Down.
Introducing Ask Trump, the advice seminar from a man who's an expert on everything. Nobody knows the politicians better than I do. I know more about ISIS than the generals. Nobody knows more about campaign finance. Nobody knows much more about technology. Nobody knows more about environmental impact statements. I understand the tax laws better than almost anyone. He'll take your questions on everything from baseball deals. Nobody knows more about trade than me. To children's gifts. Nobody has better toys than I do. Ask Trump can improve your vocabulary. I know words. I have the best words. Audiences enjoy it so much it feels like a religious experience. Nobody loves the Bible more than I do. Ask Trump is so successful the critics are going nuclear. There's nobody that understands the horror of nuclear better than me. Ask Trump, the fastest growing advice seminar in the country. Because nobody's ever had crowds like Trump has had. Listen to that sexy groove produced by our producer, Sean Barry, audio engineer to the stars. He gets in the studio once in a while with Paul Grassini, who is a supervising producer on the Howard Stern Show. And those guys make some sweet audio magic, uh, custom beds for the show. We're Michter's guys. We do things right on this show. It's classy. We hold it together. And in the name of such things, I salute a fantastic Michter's guy. I don't even know his name. But a fella on Twitter, by the handle of Something Wicked, made an amazing Everybody Calm Down graphic that shows like our logo in animation with the show title spinning onto the globe, the Michter's thing pops up, the Apple iTunes Spotify podcast indicator on the left. So sexy and so well done, in fact, that whoever this gentleman is needs to identify himself or herself so I can send you at least, at the very least, a case of Michter's. And I will tell you why. It's because that link got sent to me by the Michter's guys. They saw the link and were like, hey, this is amazing. Nice job promoting the show. And I was like, yo, I didn't make any of that. <laughs> I didn't do a word of it. That's just me having some badass, talented supporters who do cool stuff. And I say this all the time on the show. When we size up the country in 2019, it's a great time to be alive. Uh, the coolest thing you can be is cool. It's the coolest thing you can be. So there's nothing I appreciate more than cool people like that who support the show and are generous with their talents and their times. So as a Mictus guy myself, the very least I can do is uh, some type of remuneration. I mean, you want a couple of topless photos with Jenny Fela, just get on Farmers Only. They're all over the place. But if you want me to, like, highlight the best ones, I can obviously message them to you. Um, but but at the very least, a case of Michter's, assuming you're not in recovery, in which case I'm the worst person who ever lived. But keep up the good work. Uh, the show's over. Uh, check me out on Fox Across America today from noon to 3. Uh, 888-788-9910 is the phone number if you want in. Uh, Kane, WWE legend Kane, is going to be on the show with me promoting his new book, Mayor Kane, because the great Glenn Jacobs, uh, you knew him as Kane, uh, became the mayor recently of Knox County, Tennessee. Uh, long famous for his uh, dalliances in the WWE. He decided to dial it down a notch, do something a little less classy, and get into politics. And uh, we will discuss that today on the show. In the meantime, check me out. Uh, watch Kennedy tonight on the Fox Business Network, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and tune in tomorrow. Comedian Lori Palminteri, one of my all-time favorites, joins us 
on the show. That is it. It's over. Get out. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy.